People of podcast land, it's Ash Grunewald here and you are in for a treat today because I am interviewing none other than Josh Teske of the Teske Brothers. Every time we meet I feel very grateful to have been spending some time jamming with this guy who I actually believe to be one of the greatest blues and soul singers to ever come out of Australia. And um, certainly he's the main guy that made me stand up and listen when somebody was like, hey, you should check this out. I was like, what the hell? Um, he's just got a voice, you know, very similar to Otis Redding, um, just absolutely amazing. And as I've found out lately, he is a phenomenal blues singer and um, just absolutely amazing and a really good guy. And uh, we actually ended up having a jam. I just remembered when I was editing this podcast and I got to the end, I was like, ah, we actually had a little jam at, at the very end. And we did a, a song that I had written recently. It's a hardcore blues one. So I encourage you to stick around to the end. It's definitely going to be worth it. You know, it's funny how the world works. Um, I was just lucky enough to get the Teskey Brothers on my latest single. Um, and... You know, Josh and I ended up jamming while he was being in the film clip for me, and then that just went viral on the internet, and uh, we ended up jamming a whole lot more. And I ended up getting this podcast, and I'm just so glad. And I really got, um, you know, I got an, a chance to um, get an insight into our actual shared history, but also a lot of a lot of good things really original perspectives that Josh has. Um, he's just, you know, a Steiner-educated kind of, I guess, guy with a little bit of earthy hippie vibes, but he's a tradie. Um, and, you know, that, and he has a deep love of being a tradie, and he loves to get back to that. And um, so for him, music was an escape from a day job like it was for me <laughs> and a lot of people. But um, he really uh, has a very uh, balanced view of the world. And um, I found that to be, among other things, really unique. And um, unique to see how a guy who has been working a day job for a long time, when they've taken off in the last couple of years and now they're playing the most amazing shows all over the world. Um, but just to see that, you know, he still appreciates that he's actually missing the balance of what he had in working a day job. So just a really original thinker, Josh Teske, and I know you're going to love this edition of Soulful Conversations. <laughs> In this podcast, we interview inspiring and amazing people, musicians, surfers, and experts in mindset, creativity, health, well-being, and making the world a better place. I'm tired of beating around the bush. I want to go deep and have a soulful conversation. Oh, 
This podcast is brought to you by Earth Bottles. At Earth Bottles, we are on a mission to end single-use plastics, offering a full range of beautiful double-insulated bottles, reusable coffee cups, food and tea canisters, stainless steel straws, bags, and lots of plastic-free eco-goodies. Earth Bottles proudly supports the Breast Cancer Network of Australia, Beyond Blue, Hope for Health, Clean Coast Collective, 15 Trees, Bali Baby House, and the UN Refugee Agency. So head over to www.earthbottles.com.au for a 10% discount using the promo code ASHLOVESME. Together we can make a change and break up with single-use plastics. We're on Soulful Conversations here with Josh Teske, legend. Yeah, good to be here, Ash. Man. Well, we can't really say too much, but um, we've just had a wonderful jam this week, haven't we? <laughs> we've been doing, we've been playing a lot of music together. That's all we we've been say, playing a lot of music. Yeah, it's been fun, dude. Yeah. It's been awesome. It's, it's been, been amazing, so man. good. It's been absolutely awesome. Yeah, you know, it's been really fun um, getting back to some blues with you, actually. You know, so as um as some people may know about you know about myself and Sam and, and the rest of the band, you know, we we really started out. Playing blues and busking, playing blues, you know, playing, uh, uh, you know, steel guitars. We didn't actually have a Dobro like yours or a National, <laughs> sorry, or a National. I'm pointing at the guitar They're there. expensive, these things. Yeah, we had a, had a, you know, copy version, but we, you know, that was what we, you know, playing harmonica, steel guitars, and, you know, that was, you know, that was, uh, that was our jam. And then we kind of moved into the, into the soul world a little bit more. So it's been really fun jamming with Ash here and, um, and, you know, playing some of, you know, where we started out, which I, which I love. I love this music, you know. Well, we're from a, a similar kind of area because I lived out this way, and it's funny. My first Soulful Conversations um, episode was with John Butler, mm. and um, when we turned off the podcast, we were talking about the first time we met, and it was actually the day I met my wife, Danny, the first time I met her, and her mum actually had the prophecy that we were going to get married, even though we are- <laughs> I love that. She That's just great, walked in it? the room. Yeah. Went, You're going to marry that guy. Yeah, which was so weird um, and funny. We always talk about it, but also that's the day I met John Butler um, for the first time, which I already knew him. Um, and um, it was at the St. Andrews Pub. And of course, the, yeah, <laughs> I used to play yeah. on the Saturday um, at the uh, at the pub, and you used to play at well, the markets when you were about to, we used to busk at the markets. Yeah, and I should probably mention this as well. So probably while Ash is playing at the St. Andrews Pub. We're, I think we worked out we're 10 years apart, you know, yeah, so yeah. Ash, you're 42. Yeah, yeah. I'm 31, so 11, 11 yeah. years. So you would have been there kind of in your mid-20s, I think, playing in the pub. Yeah. So I was 14 years old busking yeah. over at the market. Yeah. But the good thing about the St. Andrews pub is they were, you know, they were pretty, I probably shouldn't, you know, say so back in the day it was, but back, oh, they used to be, you know, used to be able to go in when I used to go in with dad and we'd always be able to go over there. So we were watching as, uh, you know, 14 year olds, we were watching Ash do his thing over at the pub, you know, and we used to watch people like Chris Wilson and Jeff Atchison. Yeah. And, uh, you know, also always Sam Linton Smith, who was a real mentor of mine. I don't know if you right. know Sam, like a band called Black, Black Cat Bone. Um, uh, they yes, they do remember. Yeah, that. yeah. yeah. They were on Hey Ain't Saturday back in the day. I think. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. I think they originally used to be called. Oh. So the band back in the day was called the uh, the Honey Drippers. You yeah, know? yeah. So I the Honey Drippers name. were yeah. the you know. And I remember Sam now the, too. Yeah, yeah I do Sam's remember this Sam. incredible. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he's been a real blues mentor of ours, wow, for, you cool. know, forever. So, I mean, he was a, a, you know, we went to the Steiner School in, in Warrenwood out here. Oh. Obviously, so, he is a music teacher and, and drama teacher wow. at the school, but he was, he's also a, you know, a working kind of blues musician. So, yeah. very early on, he kind of, he, he really, um, he showed me all my first moves on the harmonica and he showed us all our first kind of blues riffs and things like that. So, he was kind of really... He's, you know, uh, you know. Thank you, Sam. If you know, if you listen to this, you know, I actually just got a message from him before asking well, me if I could do some plumbing up at his house. He lives <laughs> up at uh, St Andrews, but uh, legend, Sam. You know, he's a legend. You know, he's an absolute legend, and um, yeah, he really shaped a lot of the way for um for the Teskey brothers and wow. and, and ourselves. So he really kind of, you know, he he kind of put us in that direction of the blues. You know, he was like, as a band, we were all sort of sitting together and. You know, back at, well, you know, we're talking when we're like 13, 14 as yeah. kids, you know, he's showing us our first kind of, all right, you know, here's how you do, like, this is green onions, this is like, oh, you know, classic. whatever, you know, so we're having a bit of a jam on this stuff. So, these are the characters that, um, you know, we're playing around here, I guess. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and you were one of them, you know, so this was- um, It's so cool for these me. People yeah. that, it's kind of funny, isn't it, you yeah. know, and then- we just had this realization uh, just the other day when we were talking about it. I don't think you realized that we sort of had, you know, I just saw how much we'd sort of followed, you know, followed you around over the years <laughs> and how much, um, you know, I guess it was, um, yeah, just, I guess it's just that age gap. It's a different thing. And then yeah. I, you know, I, I had to remind Ash that we, we played, uh, <laughs> we supported him one time at a gig, you know, way back, uh, you know, when we would have been 17 or something. And it was yeah, something right. in Melbourne. It was a few bands playing, you know, so I didn't yeah. expect you to remember. But, but that yeah. was the, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> I had the same thing with Ziggy Alberts last week mm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, but that is, for me, that's really good. You know, like I've just sort of coming out of a time of um, uh, dealing with, the shit things of getting older and going into mm. your 40s and stuff. But one of the really great things is, like, you know, mm. like, so when I got you to um, be on my single, um, I was stoked. I'm like, mm. these guys are, you know, I look up to you guys, you know, like, yeah. these guys are young. <laughs> and then to find that you guys checked me out when you were younger and whatever, to me, it's a bit like, I mean, people um, listening probably don't know what publishing is, is, but in music, publishing is when you get one of your songs on a movie or something. And um, so publishing is really great because a lot of the time you might get this big check, but you recorded the song ages ago. And this is a bit like publishing for me <laughs> because, like, mm. I did the gig 20 years ago. That's <laughs> the yeah, but it's like yeah. you get this cool thing later of it that, you know, that some cats checked it out or whatever and then, you know, just to see how well you guys have gone. And then you guys have, you know, massively blown up so, like, You've played the Forum in Melbourne and stuff like that? Yeah, we did. And yeah. That was amazing to do, you know. It was wow. incredible. That was a real milestone, you know. You hit yeah, that. that is. That's really incredible. Yeah. You know, you play that thing and you get in that band room and there's like just you see all the names of people that were playing. And, you know, everyone mm. like there's this wall. For, for, no, if people haven't been in the band room at the Forum, there's a wall in there that has all, like, everyone kind of scribbles on it, you know, and has, yeah. like, you know, they do all their signatures, so you just, and then you can sign your name next to this, and there's some really funny people have kind of signed their names over other people, and, yeah. you know, I think I remember a really funny one where I saw Dan Sultan has written his name really, really, really big across, like, the massive on the bottom of it, of this <laughs> thing, and then Tash Sultana's done something where she's gone, somehow she's changed the... I don't know how I can't think of the spelling, but you know, yeah, Dan Sultan. So she's put the Sultana, put changed ah, name, and just put this tiny little tash before it. You know what ah, I mean? So taking the you know little thing like classic. that. So this is funny little things that are going on. 
But yeah, so yeah, it's cool the, the, to join forum, into that. that was a, yeah. yeah, that was a that was a big you know that's a that's a big moment. That's um, that's what we've been doing, I guess. Yeah. So the, the and you're going to be touring the US with Tash. That's going to be massive, man. And you're playing True. Red Rocks. That's amazing. Yeah, well, I don't yeah. know if we've announced it yet, so we have to. But <laughs> I mean, it's, so that's going to be uh, maybe you it's may be end up playing well, Red Rocks. May, yeah, well, that's right. That's going to be incredible. When may, this podcast, if it out. is already announced, which I think it might be, the tour might be announced anyway. So oh, supposing it is, you can probably cut and you know it's probably sold whatever. out, so it doesn't really matter. So amazing, but yeah, that is an incredible thing. So doing a US tour with with Tash Sultana and. And playing Red Rocks in Colorado, for anyone who hasn't been there, that is like this incredible stadium in uh, kind of in the mountains in Colorado there in this kind of desert, these huge big Red Rocks. It's this beautiful venue. We went there. We went there to sort of to watch a gig um, when we were in Colorado last time with the band and, and it was kind of like, wow, this would be a... This would be an amazing thing to play here. When are we going to play and, these uh, boys? Yeah, so on the on the back of Tash, we'll uh, we'll be playing that <laughs> one, which is incredible. You know, yeah, uh, you'll yeah. be playing it yourselves, as I'm maybe sure. One day, dude. Maybe one day. So you got a big American tour um, lined up. That's right. Yeah. So one with um. So we're doing one of our own soon. You know, which we have mm. announced that actually. So that's all. That's all out and going ahead. So we're doing that in you know uh, May. 2019 is where we are for everyone. So, and, uh, you know, and what yeah. are the big festivals that you're going to play on that? There's a Bonnaroo Festival. Yeah. Uh, there's Firefly Festival. And there's some other ones that I can't remember, but those are the two sort of standout yeah, ones good. that we're really, we're really excited about, you know. That's going to be really cool. So one thing I like to, if you listen to the intro to this podcast, I say, which I might have to change because it's starting to annoy me, I'm going to go deep. I want to go deep. Um, but I like to go deep on this and um, talk about um, what do I talk about? Mindset, spiritual matters, mm-hmm. matters of uh, everyday happiness. Um, so one thing I'd like to ask you is a bit of a deep one, but like um, I'm sure that you've gone better and had more success than you could have ever imagined thus mm. far. Well, first let me ask you: Does does your level of success that you've had surprise you? Are you pinching yourself or? Completely. You know, it's kind of like, I think a lot of people would, a lot of musicians would, you know, have this same kind of feeling of, you You know, never, you know, it's not like we were ever really searching for it, especially in us. You know, we were, you know, we're a band that have been, you know, here doing our thing for 10 years, you know, out here in this area where we are now in Warrandyte, you know, playing in Melbourne and, we were really content just chugging along doing what we're doing. And, you know, we're all working our day jobs and we're playing gigs on the weekends. And I've always famously said, I'm really, that's my perfect mix, you know, to do that. I love, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a plumber by trade. So I was working doing my plumbing. And then I'm every, every weekend we're, we've been gigging for the last 10 years. You know, we, we'd always just playing wherever it might be, you know, St. Andrews Pub. Um, we're talking about that a lot, but also all around the place, you know, the Rainbow Hotel in Fitzroy and whatever. Uh, Thing came our way, any you know, weddings, bloody gigs at parties. But you know, pretty locally, went, not touring locally, that much. No, yeah. we never really live in Victoria. You know, we just always like staying around. Wow. here. That, that was our thing. We never, we never left Victoria for most of our, you know, for the last until like two years ago. You know, wow. So yeah, literally, we just played out here, and I was really, really content in doing that. And um, and it wasn't like we were ever searching for this like song that's gonna like you know make us break it, or we're gonna you know like as some people might think with music, it's gonna. Oh, you're just always striving to kind of finally have that that hit or to have that moment where it where it takes off. Where I don't think we ever thought in that way. We were just really content doing what we we're doing, and then we all happened to come in here and you know make this album. You know, 
I guess should point out we are actually in Half Mile Harvest Studios right now. A beautiful, so this beautiful, is where- rustic. Exactly. If you're from Victoria, you'd know Warrandyte, but for other mm. people um, around the world, it's a beautiful place in Victoria, a really bushy, um, a lot of alternative people, and then a mm. lot of uh, rich houses and stuff, nice yeah, places as it's well. It's becoming, Bit what of a do mix. they call it? You know, it is gentrified. Gentrified. Gentrification. But it has a very soulful here. background. It does. A real artistic background out here, you know. And this and, is a um, very- So, we are, yeah, we're in, the, we're in the studio now, and- we all came in here as a, as a band, you know, the four of us, which is, you know, me, my brother Sam, uh, uh, Liam Goff on the drums and Brendan Love on the bass guitar. So the four of us came in here and we kind of did this album just for the for the fun of it, you know. We were, you know, we recorded everything to tape and uh, to this big old tape machine we have out here, which we can talk about more. Um, <laughs> um, and it's... Um, Jimmy Barnes's old Jimmy tape Barnes's machine. Jimmy Barnes's <laughs> old tape machine, you know. It weighs something like 600 kilos, and we brought it down from Sydney. And, and that was actually part of the reason we recorded this album too, I should point out. So it was kind of... Sam had this tape machine, and he was excited to do something with it. So we thought, hey, let's record an album like they recorded albums in the 70s. Mm. And... Um, you know, this is sort of like let's just do this old school album, and we did it for the fun of it, and we and we and we literally brought in physically a couple of CDs and some of some records to some of the shows in PBS and, and Triple R here in Melbourne, and it and it actually just it had a place we didn't we didn't ever realize, but this old school kind of really sound started, you know, gaining some momentum, and we had no management, we had no representation, it was just us kind of just to our thing and then we didn't know what to do with it it was just kind of like wow it started really you know moving and it was never a choice we made then like within those next six months it was kind of like we're you know we started getting more offers for gigs and whatever had before you know people were coming people were coming to gigs and we had started doing venues that we'd never you know bigger venues that we hadn't played before and people were turning up and people were following the music and with the you know with the internet these days and the <laughs> internet, you know in this whole digital realm it started moving really quickly and, and then and, and then suddenly you know we you know we had some incredible people come in and give us a hand on, on the management side of things and on the um you know in the kind of the music industry side and started we started learning a lot about this world and but it was never like we made a tr- and then it then suddenly it was a and then suddenly it was a full-time job so now it's like we're all we're all musicians and we're touring musicians and it was like it was never like a moment where you go um all right, I'm, I want to give up my job and I'm going to start being just a musician full time. And it's sort of said, then you, and then it's like this, this decision that's thrust upon you because you're given this, this opportunity and then you have no choice but to take it. So it's just kind yeah. of like, you know, and so then you, suddenly you're doing it. And, and it was like, and then before you know it, it's like, wow, we're, you know, we're kind of, uh, where was the choice in this? It's kind of, you know, you just, you know, you know, you have to, you know, suddenly it's like, you know, we're a, since that moment when we were only, you know, maybe two years in since that kind of happened. So we're still really fresh and we're still learning about this new job. So it's this kind of this new job that we're doing now, which is, um, you know, which I'm sure you spoke about some of the other podcasters can be, you know, is really different, really different from my, from the other, other world I was working in before. And we're just, we're just trying to, you know, work through it and, you know, learn, learn about this, this crazy new world that we're in. So it's sort of, um, but like I say, it's thrust upon you. So it's kind of like, as you pointed out, what, did you expect to, um, you know, ever have this happen? It's like no. And then suddenly, we're, now we're in it, and now we're now, you know, uh, when people ask ask me, oh, so you know, like you know, people who don't know if it's meet you for the first time, like, you know, with my partner and with a party. I said, what do you do, Josh? And I go, 
I guess I'm a, I'm a musician. <laughs> like, you know, I'm a songwriter. <laughs> and it sounds really like funny because you say to people, you go, ah. Oh. Yeah, and so people think of you. Ah, oh, right. So, but you know, what's your what's your real job? You know, yeah. you know, it's like, you know but, you know, else you do? But yeah, no, we're just like you know, we that suddenly it's a job, and it feels it feels strange to say that. You know, I'm, I'm mm. still not used to saying it. You know, it's sort of oh, when you write on a you know on a report card, you know, like on a, like on a record on a, when you're leaving the country, what's your occupation? Musician, you're right? Musician. It seems I love really writing. Weird. That. It's really funny. Isn't it? you know? <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes I like writing like composer. Or, you know, you sound a little bit more like um. You know, uh, a bit more fancy. Cultural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love writing that music. It was always, I'm totally different because it was my ambition to be a musician. Uh, well, sort of late because I became a mm. school teacher before and and mm. uh, I actually wanted to be a script writer when I went to uni and stuff. But then uh, I actually, it was my ambition to not work a day job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I really wanted to be a professional musician. Not to be famous though. I just wanted to, it was actually when I was living here, I turned professional in this area because I could just play in restaurants, play here, play there. Mm. I was living in my grandparents' bungalow in Wonga Park. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah. Great spot. Mm. Um, so, I achieved my dream really early of being a professional musician, but I wasn't even known yet. And then everything built from there. So, yeah, that's totally different because you you weren't even trying to make it essentially. So that's really interesting. Mm. What I find interesting about that is you weren't pressured on the career. You didn't, uh, it seems like you guys didn't put any energy into the other things that are just a pain in the ass in being a musician, like things other than the music. So your focus Mm. was, and that's what you can hear in your music, was very much on the music the whole time because you're just working a day job and you were happy with that. Completely, yeah, you know. And I always used to say I love the mix, you know. I love the mix of of the two worlds for me. I mean, that was like... You know, plumbing on one side during the day, going and, and doing this, you know, this other art, this kind of like, you know, this craft that I've been working on for 10 years and, I, you know, I've been doing that for 10 years and I, and I love it and I've, and I've got a lot of respect for, you know, tradies and plumbers and the, and the, and the plumbing trade for me is just a beautiful, beautiful trade and I love the mix of um, the two sides of my mind, you know, which we were speaking about, you know, the other day. It's just like kind of this sort of practical head and then you kind of, and your artistic sort of head where you're sort of... Um, you know, and I think I really love the mixture of it. You know, and so with the, you know, with the with the plumbing side of things, it was like you know, you're working during the day, you're getting this sort of physical thing out, you're getting this uh, this this whole this whole other side of your you know your world working, and then yeah, and then to come and sort of you know make some music as well was a was a really really good mix. So what I miss now when you you know when you're on the road or in the studio, it can be like you know you're in a you're in a band room every if you're on tour you know you're in a band room every night and you're in a and you're in a in an old pub and you're playing during the evenings and then you're you know sleeping during the day or you're getting up or you're traveling and then you're doing that night after night and I I miss the uh, I miss using you know getting physical and I have to find ways to kind of uh, have these outlets of this uh, physical side that I this physical energy I have and this and this practical um, side of my brain that I need to let loose you know? wow mm. uh that's really interesting so when you're a tradie and i'm not sure maybe it was because of your steiner education i don't know but like it's a really refreshing thing to to hear a tradie because i grew up around the my dad's a builder i grew mm. up on building sites of course and i yeah. did I every different myself trade. as well you know, my dad's a, you know yeah. but one thing i decided is i never wanted to be a tradie mm, interesting <laughs> interesting and uh it's just a maybe a natural laziness i just didn't want to physically work hard um mm. maybe that was it um but i'm yeah it's 
funny. I'm not a lazy person, but I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if that if you're. I'm thinking that Steinery more arty education gave you a a just a different outlook on life, and so you're able to appreciate it because you know, like I imagine, but maybe your experience is different mm-hmm. in the trades and stuff. I've always thought the irony is I reckon most tradies do love their job, but it's mm. like pretty common for people to just whinge about the fact that they have to work. Yeah, and I think um I think a lot of uh tradespeople and you know and craftsmen and craftspeople they're just sort of um they're um you know, everybody I think you know, deep down loves you know, loves their craft and loves the you know, some of the you know, the what comes with this with that with some of these you know some of these trades is incredible like you know stuff that you can't read about you can't learn about this in a book you know there's a lot of this stuff is like you know like that that craft is passed down from you know apprentice to to plumber in my thing or apprentice to carpenter it's kind of you know and it's like it's just uh, it's 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 just that what is happens you know it's it's like storytelling it's like you know taught from person to wow. person and you have to like I, I love these, you know, and it's like a secret society sometimes. I like you learn these kind of like, you know, these these crafts and you go, this is like, you know, everybody often does it a pretty similar way and it's this kind of, I loved that about it, learning about this thing that wow. no one else can do and you can, you know, it's just, um, and I think a lot of, maybe not a lot of, uh, maybe a lot of, tra- you know, tradies don't realize how much they, you know, how much they, how much they, how much they love it or maybe they don't admit that they love it, but I think a lot of people really, you know, really dig that world. I, I really, I really dig that world. That's a really and, um, original perspective. Mm. I've never heard it put like that. And it's really, I know what you mean. It's really yeah. cool. It's, it's not, you can't read about it. You know, you can't, you can't learn this stuff from a book. You have to go out and you have to spend years doing it and you learn the, you learn your craft. You know, it's, um, it's an amazing, it's an amazing real world and it's a real kind of, for me, it's like meditation when I get into like doing that kind of practical work. It's like a really, you know, so it's really important to me, you know, and I was saying, you know, I, and I'm still, I still plumb to this day, you know, so every chance I get, I get out and do a little, little plumbing job here and there and work for some friends and, you know, working for my old boss every now and again. And, and it, uh, and it sets me, um, it sets my mind on track. And I was saying to you the other day, Ash, that, you know, we, we were jamming on this tune, you know, very secretly, but, um, you know, I come back from doing a day's physical work and a day's, you know, using that side of my brain. I came home and I wrote a song, you know what I mean? Like straight mm. away. And you know, so as soon as I've like let out all this, because I'm a, I'm a really energetic person and I'm sort of need to find ways to, to sort of let this physical side of me out one way or another. And if I'm not doing it, it doesn't, you know, I need to, I find, I try to find something else to do. I don't want to sit down and, and, uh, and start trying to, you know, write a song or start trying to, you know, you know, sit on the guitar. I, all I want to do is kind of, so if we're touring or we're playing music live, I'm, I'm, all I want to do is, you know, be walking or running or, you know, going to the gym or just kind of like trying to find ways to kind of like exert some physical energy. Whereas when I come back from doing a day's work, that seems to be the time when I can set my mind to um, to making some, you know, making some music, you know. And it, weirdly enough, the, the, two, the two sort of go hand in hand with me. Oh, that was really interesting, and that's what I got from John Butler as well. He said going for a run, he needs to go for a run to chase the crazy man away. I love that. That's <laughs> great, you know, yeah, whatever, and, whatever you want to call it, you know. <laughs> I've never thought of it this way, that um, that it's like what John was saying is he still wants to use, he still feels young in his body and he's got that natural urge to hunt or do something physical that's, you know, passed down through the ages, it's in his body. And if he doesn't do those things, 
you would think that you bottle it up and you save some creativity for later or something, but it just doesn't work that way. And same mm. with you. It, you need to use your body to to free your mind, really. It goes hand in hand, mm. you know. Um, and a lot of people have it. We were working out here with a um, a producer just recently on, you know, on our next album that we're working on here in the studio, and we had this incredible producer we're working with. Um, and he's, a, he's exactly the same. He had this thing where... Incredible mind, an incredible mind for music and this sort of like, but he, you know, he would every morning, so we could only start at around about 10 a.m. because maybe we start at nine sometimes, but he said he had two hour routine he had to do every day before he would, before he'd get into any work, you know. Wow. And and we're working, you know, seven days a week for, you know, 14 hour days kind of thing here in the studio. So it's a big, a lot of energy to put into your, you know, into your music. But so he's sort of, and he's going... So he'd go for a, he'd do an hour of meditation, and wow. then he'd do a you know, and then he'd go for a an hour of physical exercise. You know? Wow! And then Legend. Then he'd start doing doing music. You that's know? classic. That's, that, uh, you know, which is incredible. And he's uh, very calm, amazing mind to have around, especially when you're in a band. You know, to have this sort of like as a producer to have someone in here just goes like you know, straight straight down the line and really kind of um, really focused, really really always a really calm energy about him. And uh, that, I think he says that's his way of chasing the the crazy man away, <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the crazy man or woman away, <laughs> and they're kind of, you know, and it's um, uh, yeah. So that I guess that, and then, and he was saying if he doesn't do that, that's sort of like he's, you know, that's that's um, you know, that's 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 his jam. So everyone's got their everyone's got their thing, I guess. Mm. You know? mm. Geez, it comes up a lot. Meditation, like um, every person I interview, every. I'm always looking at podcasts on and um, reading books and getting on YouTube and, and looking about ways to sort of optimize mind, body, body and spirit and whatever mm. being my, I've always been a bit like that, but it's definitely been my trip more lately. Jeez, um, meditation comes up a lot, a hell of a lot. Um, mm. Are you into meditation or? I'm not. I've got a. I've got a manic mind, you know, and I find you I'm, the, I'm the kind of. Per- I probably need it really more, you know. I've never. I think maybe in the next few years, maybe I'll find ways to move into that. But I'm the kind of person who you, who you sit down and say, try to sit still and meditate for two minutes, and I go, I'm on the top of my feet. And I'm thinking about the things, idea of like, it's you know, boring, hey? I can't. Yeah, I can't. You know, so like I'm talking about with this stuff, I can't. You know, I'm just trying to find ways to um, exert energy, and like, my mind's always racing. You know, so mm. it's sort of. Um, but I think it'd be really good for me. You know, mm. on the other side, so yeah. it actually probably means you know probably means more than ever. There's someone who you know everyone says you know you, you need to this would be perfect for you. It'd probably be a really but my journey in life, I haven't, I haven't found it yet. You I've know, got a good meditation for you then. Mm-hmm. Start, what is it? Stop before you start. I use this sometimes, but not much. The meditation, you go like this. That's it. <laughs> nice, yeah. You're just so like- you're just like, you're putting like um, a one second meditation. If you mm. remember to get on that trip, all you do is like when you have one thought or you do one thing, mm. you go, right, you do it. And then you go, stop. Okay, now I'm going to do the next thing. And so it's not a continuous mental stream, not one thought running into the other, but like you just have these little stops. So then it makes you more intentional with your thinking over time. Mm. Because because I think what um, allows our mind to run us mm. instead of us running our mind is that we let the mind go in a stream like... <laughs> 
just keeps going, keeps going. And then you sort of, the only trouble with that is, yeah, you're letting your mind run the show rather than you running the show and saying, mind, now come on, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. So there's one second meditations, maybe that's because that doesn't sound boring, does it? One second. (laughs) Sounds incredibly efficient right down my alley, you know? (laughs) Ah, that's cool, man. Uh, I had, um, what else? I wanted to ask you. So you guys and um, Sam is very much like this as well. You're not addicted to your phones, are you? No, no. If if anything, this world has made us... um, uh, I've, yeah, really, you know, really say goodbye to our phones a lot. You know, we're really, um, oh, I've, I've never been massive on, you know, social media or, or things like that. I've never been a real, you know, really hooked on, you know, on, on, on sort of, you know, just the, I guess the social media world or my phone or anything like that. I've kind of, I'm pretty, and, and especially recently, I love just trying as little as possible, trying to kind of stay away from it as much as we can. And why is that? Don't I mean I guess it's just due to um just being oh yeah, sorry. Hey bro, how you doing mate? That's all good. That's all good. Um No, it's um I guess it's just due to um feeling like it takes over our lives all the time. I mean it's like right. I guess everyone everyone goes through this and it's sort of I guess we're so in this world that we're that we're in now with this, there's I guess okay so I got to go back to like you know back to the music sort of industry and what is sort of expected of you in 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 this industry is it's not a nine to five job so you don't mm. you don't kind of when you've you're not working all the time you're not touring all the time sometimes you have time off but there's this kind of machine that starts rolling so once you have these kind of you know major record labels that are doing things you're trying to do a record you're trying to um you know, make decisions about touring. It's kind of like it takes over your entire life. So it doesn't stop. There's always questions. There's constantly things that are coming up. Especially when we're in a band, we're kind of trying to, you know, comp- you know, talk about all different decisions about everything, every little thing that needs uh, to be yeah. a conversation about. So we do that through, um, you know, through our phones, through like, you know, through messages, like group messages that we have between each other. So if you were to, for me, if I was to have my, you know, phone on all the time like on with alerts there it would just it dings every every sort of 15 seconds or something like that yeah. it makes it say you know you know so you're constantly picking it up and and um and, and doing stuff like this so it's like and then for your for your family for, you know for your for your friends and family you know so you know my partner hannah and um you know sam's partner april and everyone everyone in the band you know liam and brendan's uh, you know all our families it's like this is all consuming thing all the time so it's kind of like you're constantly hearing you got to make a decision about something there's something to do with touring there might be an interview there might be a you know there's um it just it just takes over your entire life so it's sort of for me to you know just when you can put the phone away is just to try to be present with your friends with your you know with your partner you know me with hannah it's like you know just actually be there in the moment and mm. try to put your phone away for a little bit because otherwise mm. you're just you're living through this thing constantly you know mm. which, I'm, which i'm sure i don't think i was that um articulate about that but i'm sure no a lot, i'm happy that came through okay but i think i mean everybody goes through it i, I know I and mean, it's not just yeah. a, it's not just a music thing it's um i'm sure in many industries you know there's you know your your job goes beyond um you know your, your you know your, your time at work but um 
for me, it really, it really affects me. I just, I just, I just go like, you know, when it's just never going to stop, you know, this kind of thing. Mm. Like, you know, you think you're going to get to a point where you say, we're going to have a bit of a break and do this, mm. but there's always seems to be something to be spoken about in the digital kind of realms. So, um, so now since coming into this industry, I'm like, you know, as much as I can, I try to, you know, keep my phone away from me and I, you know, I guess people can't even. So I've been doing a lot of leather work recently, and <laughs> so I've made this new leather case slash wallet for my phone. Anyone who can see it on the on the it's screen cool. there. But the beauty of this is, is you put your phone in it. Wow, this is really beautiful artistry, it's a cool, man. You know, yeah. Wow. And it's, like, and it's um, but it's like beautiful. It's got some good little. Uh, it's got some good wear to it. This one doesn't it? You wow. Know? I got to point out, I didn't. I didn't make this. This is what. This is something I've. I've gone. I've. I've, I've been making leather work, but this one. This one I've actually oh. got. I've been. <laughs> so I'm working towards this one. I'm glad you one. pointed that out. Yeah. I before we started saying, you know, Josh. Yeah. Right yeah. Now I have been making things like this, but this. This one, not particularly. But, but what I love about this is it's. You know, it's. Um. It, I put my phone in here, and it. You know, it's, it's a close at hand, but if I put that on the table, uh, you know, for anyone who can see that, you can't see you it. can't see the screen. You know what I mean? So it's a way of kind of going like, so in order to kind of get this out, it's like I have to make a conscious effort to take the phone out, spend ten minutes getting back to everything that I'm expected to get back to, and then put it away for another hour, and then maybe an hour later I'll go, I'll pull it out again, and you know, and then get back to whatever thing is expected of me and then you know at least have that you know it might be whether you do it that way or something if you're if you're able some unfortunately in this world i often can't leave it from a for a really long periods at a time because there's you know constantly some kind of decision that someone wants to have you get back to is what well, I'm that's it. you just know. gave me a good idea i was just thinking while you mm. said that um maybe you could uh with my start stop before you start the idea mm. right mm. So, like, uh, if you got real, it's really busy, right? And you're gonna have to be on your phone all day, but you're also with your family and you got a lot to do and blah blah blah. Then you say, right, I'm gonna do this in like, say, whatever amount of time, maybe ten minute blocks. Mm. So on the hour for ten minutes, everybody understands I'm gonna be on my phone, Absolutely. and I'm gonna go into yeah. a room and give it my all. Mm. Before I get on my phone, I'm gonna walk. Before I pick it up, I'm gonna stop for one second and just meditate, just like. Think nothing, have clear thoughts, mm. nothing. One second, pick it up, try and be really directed, never get sidetracked, never start scrolling, and sort of give myself a little every time I start scrolling. Mm. And then mm. do your 10 minutes, put it down, have another stop, quick little meditate for that, like one second, and then you're on. Absolutely. I think it's really important. Good way yeah. of doing it. I think it's a good system. And that's what, that's what, that's what we've been trying to practice. So, oh, what you know, do you so mean? Me like, and my partner, like, that? like, that's what, you know, so that's what we've, uh, you know, come up with a system. Oh, not always like perfect that? at it, like literally like this. So we don't, oh. no, not with the, you know, maybe the meditation is a new side. To <laughs> no, it, but, but like, we're trying to say, window. like, I'll just try to go, you know, have this moment to rather be constantly distracted in your life and constantly say, you know, say, um, okay, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm not always perfect at this either, you know, but I'm actually what I'm trying to, you know, trying to do is to say, you know, okay, yeah, so for the next 10 minutes, I'm going to just get some of this stuff done and then the phone's going to be away for a little while. And then, ah. Yeah, and then... Do, and but actually, I'll give it, it like my that. all. I won't be half talking to you while I'm yeah, doing Yeah, exactly. Don't so talk not, to me you know, while I'm doing... And then, yeah, I'm just a- get back to this and we're, you know, yeah. So we're trying to practice that, you know, in, That's in, cool. in my relationship. So it's sort of... um, And and I and I think it's a, it's a good system, you know, it seems to work well, you know. That's great. Mm.
Mm-hmm. So anyone who was off the mic the there, he's, he's, um, he's picking up a book that he's been reading and bringing <laughs> it back. This is mm. a little book called Mind Hacking. And um, it's really cool. And this dude came up with a whole lot of good things about hacking your brain and making it work efficiently. But one of the main ones, or one of the, a big one was, turn off all notifications on your phone. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And I, I need to do that a bit more because the thing is you've got a train of thought and then you get a notification and then your train of thought is broken. And where we are as a species losing fucking concentration at the moment, mm. it's supposed to be scientifically proven that we can't concentrate like we used to be able to mm. because we're used to having our attention um, interrupted all the time. But for your focus in life mm. and, you know, you're trying to meditate and do all these things so that you get more focus and more sovereignty over your own thoughts so you can, like, think in a really directed way and then, ding, you know, it throws oh, you man, off. Like, so and then you're, you're into the world of, of it, aren't you? Because yeah. then you're like, then once you pick that up, then you're, you're going, you know, then you're in, like, phone world. And you're like, oh, what's on, you know, what's on going on over here? And then you're, you know, suddenly sucked into that, you know. Mm. To that realm, yeah. So, yeah, that's a, that, that was a good one. Get rid of the notifications. And another one in that vein that um, I've been, you know, sort of looking into daily routines and old mate sounds like a lord, that producer. Um, it sounds really great, his morning routine. I want to really get into that as well um, and have been doing a bit of a morning routine as well. But one thing is like, like I feel a compulsion. I'm like, oh, I wonder what, what's on that phone. Mm. Um, but don't give your don't give your thoughts away to everybody else who's on your phone. Mm. When you wake up in the morning, have that time for yourself and don't look at it straight away. Because mm. once you do, the spell's broken. You you don't have that wonderful time to yourself to really think the way you want to think. Even on the level of getting stuff done, do what you think is important for the day. What is in most important to you that day? Get that done. If you just pick up the phone straight away, sometimes I wake up and I just pick up my phone. Mm. It's like you just gave. We all do it, you know. You just gave your power to whoever emailed you or whoever texted you or whatever's on Instagram, Mm. you know, and so you've just fragmented your brain. And then by doing that, it's just so inefficient. So I reckon even for getting stuff done and succeeding in the world, these things are really important. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's, you know, we got to, you know, you got to make a conscious effort to try to, Remove yourself from it as much as you can, you know, which is, um, you know, my manager's, you know, listening to this going, oh, I wish you'd just turn his notifications on. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking but, uh, about that while yeah, I was yeah. saying to And the rest of the band going like, Jesus, you know, get back to some of these things a bit quicker. Yeah. And but, I, you know, hey, man, we can't do that. You know, it's that you just got to, you know, you got to be, got to stay sane as well, you know, so that's, mm. Mm. that's very, so for me, it drives me crazy. You know, I mean, I think that, you know, that's sort of like how much is expected of us on, you know, and we were talking about this in you know, me and Sam the other day as well of how much it's like, um, it's you know, it it, it might have used to have been you know rude to 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 you know try to call someone after hours at about you know nine you know whatever hour at night you'd be like no well this is not a good time to be you know calling or trying to get some business mm. done. Now if so you get a message whatever time and then you don't get back to it for like how for you know however long that's considered rude. That ever, you know, doesn't matter yeah. what, you know, because you haven't responded quick enough, you know, which is like, well, hold on, that's rude for you to expect me to get back to that quicker, you know? <laughs> yeah, we're being Maybe. a bit of a hive mind. Yeah, yeah, but, everybody you know, has I to join know. in. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
But mm. I've got a crazy mate who this seems crazy. Uh, he has finally uh, Rasta. Um, his name's Rasta. Dave Rastovich. Surfers would know him. He's a really good surfer and an environmentalist and a really original thinker. Mm. But he is hopeless at getting back to you because he just doesn't turn his phone on for ages. At one p- point, he didn't even have a phone. And it's like, wow, who could do that? That's so old school these days. How mm. could you even do that? That's cool, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, people still do it. It's amazing, you know. And um, but you know, any you know, any friends of mine who are you know who are listening to this, I guess will will vouch for me that I now have a reputation that you know it's just if I don't get back to people, people kind of just know it's me. It's kind of cool. Like so, especially with friends, it's sort of. Yeah. I mean, I might, I'm, I might be totally like, you know, some people have told me, told me this actually, hate me. Like, fucking Josh never ever like, gets back to us. But I do, I have a reputation of just being like, you know, if, you know, Josh doesn't get back to us. It's like, you know, he's just kind of, it's just him. He just always, mm. you know, you know, might be weeks later or something. You know, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm classic like that. I just don't do a, I'm not really, you know, I'm just not that responsive on things, you know, you know, so on, you know, on, on my phone. And I think hopefully people sort of have an acceptance around that, and that's sort of you know it's just they don't see it as rude. It's just sort mm. of um, it's just the way I you know it's just the way I am and the way I've kind of choose to choose to be on that on the phone. Mm. So would you say that you're not ambitious career wise? Not ambitious, hard one. I've I'm really content. I think I'm really content. I think if if I could keep you know if we like we've got we've got to a point where. Uh, musically, where I never ever imagined we could have got, you know, I never thought I'd sort of be at this stage now where we could be playing to this amount of people touring around the world, mm. and playing at these festivals around the world. It, you know, it could stop right here at this point, and I could even take a couple of steps back <laughs> and do a little <laughs> bit of like, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, get, you know, a little bit of touring, a little bit of, you know, working back here and just. Find a happy medium of 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 my two lives, um, and I, I would be completely content. You know what I mean? I, no more is required. You know. So honestly, mm. honestly, because I normally getting to know you better, I believe you. But mm. um, normally, I would find that hard to believe. But would you actually, if you could wave a magic wand and just have everything just tweaked perfectly, mm-hmm. you would actually rather than you would. I'm sure you wouldn't take back any level of ass kickery, mm, like kicking mm. ass, but you'd be back plumbing every now and again and mixing. Hundred percent. I'll never stop. You know what I mean? I'll uh, you know, I will I will keep that I'll keep that side of my uh of my work always going, you know. Wow. Whether, whether it be working on my own place, if I'm if I'm out here where we are here in Warrandite, if I'm not working on someone else's place, I'll be you know, I'll, I'll be here doing doing things, you know, there's always a project to do, there's always something to build and um I love it. That's, that's what I do. You know, the funny thing about when we go with a big group of my friends and we go camping or when we've sort of set up, you know, little festivals over the years for all the friends, you know, what we, we go away, we go camping and we and we build stuff, you know, because that's what we love doing. You know, it's like, so you find yourself with your time off, it's, you know, it's building and it's working with your tools and it's working with your with your craft. So that's, uh, it's, it's my love. It's not, it's not like work. So, I mean, I, I'll always do that, you know, so I, if I can find a way to, to keep that, you know, that side of my brain working and, and do music, that's, um, that's, I'll always do that no matter what, you know. Wow, man. That's and, uh, interesting. So people say, so you're, you're giving up plumbing now? It's like, nah, don't want to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a very but, um, fortunate uh, mm. way to be because you can take or leave. You, you're, you're in the box seat to get more and more success musically. 
because mm. you know you can take or leave it. So you're not you're not grasping at you know. You, you, it seems to me like you never have been grasping at success. Like oh, I got to make it. I got to make it. it I want yeah. it. No, never, never. Mm. You know, it's sort of. I mean, it helps just being one of the best vocalists ever to come out of Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't know about that. (laughs) You know. Oh, that's very true. That's my opinion. I wanted to put Mm. that on here, man, as a a Blues and Roots uh, uh, player for a very long time and known for my voice. I've just got the highest respect for you and your your vocals, man. I just think, yeah, you're one of the best to ever come out of here. So, yeah, I wanted to say that on here. (laughs) Thanks, Ash. And... It's funny because I'm just really, uh, I'm just, uh, just a belter, really, aren't we? You know, we both, we, you know, we so love, you know, we love, so I love screaming. I've done that since I was a kid. You know, like this, you know, just um, getting that sound and just kind of that, 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 that raspy kind of edge of your voice that mm. you know, I think we both love. You mm. know, as we've learned, mm. is just kind of, um, you know, and even with the the levels that come into mics, if we were talking about that, even when it's like way over peaked, it's just like you know that 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 um, where things are peaking and it's um. Yeah, it's the it's the music I love. It's the sound I love. Well, what I what I love about life is that is um to be a lifelong learner. And when we've been jamming together, I've loved it um, because I've learned a lot about my craft of singing, and mm-hmm. um, it's just been so sick. And I've loved how um, now I'm going to get vocal nerdy for just a minute for people, but um, I've really loved how all of the effort and everything and the technique that you put into being loud. I noticed that you use that technique to be quiet too, and that's what makes your voice soulful throughout the range. Whereas, say for me, for example, when I'm singing quiet, it's <laughs> it's almost half hard. I don't sing quiet that often. I'd like to oh, do and, it more. Uh, and to point out for anyone who's in the room with Ash when he sings, he's got one of those voices that it it comes out and it is you know really powerful. You know, it's one of those. I guess it's what you know. You know, a lot of what you've done for many years but it's this you know it's this it's, there's, a, there's a projection there's a resonance there's a volume that just like wow you know you're in the room there you know but we've been talking a lot about yeah being able to get your same sound at a, at a, on a quiet a level as volume, well but yeah. I, and, we're, and we're really similar like that i was I'm, I'm the same as ash you know i'm i'm trying to learn the same thing of trying to be able to you know sing in 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 quieter tones and save my voice and, and hold on to your tone as well it's like you know without being out of without you know, just belting, which is an incredible thing to be able to do as well, <laughs> you know. So, like, for um, anybody listening or watching this here, um, say they like, they love, you know, they're a Blues and Roots player or or they just love singing. Um, we've been nerding out on some vocal techniques, some good ways of saving your voice and uh, whole different vocal exercises, whatever. What would be the main thing that you would say to people for singing in our genre of music, uh, a good exercise they could do or anything, a tip? Yeah, totally. Okay, so anyone who's seen us live, you, you, you've seen that I, you know, I go I go to town on my voice. I feel like I take it to take it to hell and back all the time, <laughs> every night, you know. And we do tours where we go, you know, we're doing this, you know, normally sort of five nights in a row, maybe three to five nights in a row, maybe a day off. Uh, and then and then doing it again so you might do that for like four weeks so it's kind of as a singer and a lot of singers will you know be able to relate with me on this it's you know it's a constant battle you know trying to look after your voice and this and this fear when you have all these shows lined up that you're going to lose your voice for the following night it's it's, it's terrifying i have a constant anxiety about it you know because i'm kind of like you know yeah you know everything you do you live for that next gig and then it's like 
in you know even talking after the show everything's about like oh, i just gotta i'm scared i'm gonna lose my voice for the following night so my I mean, my routine is basically um warming up and warming down you know looking up you know a lot of people can do this stuff on just online finding the stuff but you know i've got had some great teachers around melbourne that have taught me some really cool exercises just to kind of you know just to warm up your voice and then just to warm down your voice after the show which is a really strange one i What's wasn't doing that for many years you know people I know. Well, we've been doing a lot of straws, but it's, you know, we've been doing a thing That's with a straw, which is singing through a straw, which is kind of weird. A lot of people like, see me at, you know. We did one uh, when we were jamming, we and things. I loved that. But yeah, one. but it's basically, oh, it's too hard to explain um, in, in a, too you know, technical. We're, we're, yeah, without sort of getting into it. But, you know, you can look up on YouTube, you can go like yeah. warm downs, and there's a million different techniques, but it's basically taking your vocal cords from. You know, from being there's going to be these like music nerds out there that are like, you know, like <laughs> my God, it's like, wow, he's just totally, you know, butchered that Ooh. technique. But uh, it's basically, you know, taking your vocal cords from, you know, from your from your singing stage to your, you know, from when they're all, you know, sort of, you know, loose and 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 sort of stretched out to then going to, into your talking voice, which is a much more rigid sort of different time. So it's like that when you go from just singing. To then going to talking, that's always been my biggest killer. So that's the biggest ah, moment when I come straight I up. That. When I come straight <laughs> up the stage, and um, and then I come out and I start talking to people. Bam! That's like the so what ah. the warm downs are for is to then go warm down your voice to then go to be able to speak again. Ah, you know, so it's I kind of like that. so get back into your kind of like speaking zone. You know, so it's sort of. That's the way I've been explained it anyway. And and that seems to be really helping for me, you know. So doing warm downs has kind of really um got me to that that kind of place. And for a singer like me, the hardest thing has been to well, as we've been talking about, not uh sing as loudly. So like kind of I've been getting a you know, a little bit I've always been a real believer in, you know, as a band we've uh been very harsh on ourselves with fold back, trying to have a really good room sound so we don't do a lot of fold back at all and We've always tried to be like, really, I don't need much fallback. I can do it without. It's all good. But I'm starting to treat myself a little bit more, give myself a little bit more vocals in my fallback so I'm seeming like I'm louder. And uh, not, you know, screaming. So trying to find ways that I can kind of like get my same tones but doing it at a slightly lesser kind of volume. And using the this whole PA system that is in front of us you yeah. know, to to get your sound, so not 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 like kind of and um, not sort of it's hard because you feel like you want to give one hundred percent every show, and, and part of that is like just you know going for it one hundred percent. You can still go for it, and I try to kind of just not be at at a, to not have my internal vocal amp turned up to eleven for the entire gig. You know, sort of just have it down, sitting at a at a point where it's you know a happy medium, and and get through every show. So that's been hard for me to kind of find that. You know, that's really helped. It's kind of you know getting the um you know getting the volumes down, warming up, warming down. Uh, then there's a whole world that we've been talking about of just positioning your body right as well. So again, having your having your you know your your neck straight, having all everything aligned, and you know sort of sitting you know even setting up your mic in the right way. As you have my mic down too low, and you. You know, you're mucking up. Ah. Your, you know, so really getting uh, getting in the right position for the whole gig. You know, setting, well, yeah. what I was trying to get from you, um, but that was very interesting, and I'm sure it's going to be interesting for people. And I actually learnt something because I've never done a warm down in my life, and um, very rarely done a warm up either. But uh, 
And um, some people don't need to, to as I can point out. Ash has been doing this for how many years? And, uh, you know, you yeah, never yeah. lose your, your, your voice. And so you're obviously doing something right, you know, so... I'm doing a fair few naughty things with my voice. <laughs> but of, you, uh, you, you know, yeah. I can hear in your voice, which is one of one of, but not the only best things about your voice is that you've got that husky um, edge on it. And I wonder, are we hearing every time we hear you sing? Are we hearing you wreck your voice a little bit, or have you worked out a way to do it that isn't wrecking it a bit? I don't know. That's a big <laughs> question. You know, that's it's an always, interesting. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, and I've always thought about that, and. I've always thought to myself that I'm, you know, I'm putting it under, you know, under a lot of strain and will I be able to do this forever? And, you know, is this kind of like for how much, you know, pressure I put on it, is this, you know, am I constantly, you know, wrecking it? And I'm like, oh, am I constantly, you know, damaging it in some way? So when I always had in my head that I'd have some, I went in for my first kind of like vocal checkup like a little while ago where they put like a, you know, like a camera down your throat, no, like your vocal that. cords, and they have a bit of a look. I'd be and, scared to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, because before I did some, like, you know, some um, some vocal coaching um, with a really great vocal coach to sort of um, work on some techniques and stuff and some, you know, he wanted to see that uh, I didn't have any existing damage, so, like, nodules or things like that that we're kind of trying to, that yeah, we need to know about. Yeah. So, know that we've got, like, a clean slate before we can kind of get working. And I always thought to myself, like, ah, oh, man, I'd have nodules for sure. I'll have something. Oh, there's got to be something wrong, like... I've been doing, I've been singing like this for like, mm. what, 15 years or something mm. like that? Uh, you know, uh, since I was, you know, since I was a teenager, just like screaming in this way and doing this every weekend, surely I've made some damage and going in and then coming out and then uh, having the, you know, getting the camera down, getting to see your vocal cords on camera is amazing. So I recommend mm. anyone ever doing it. It's pretty, mm. it's pretty incredible to see how these things work. And then, they, and then them saying, me, now you're just a totally healthy Vocal wow. cords, nothing wrong, everything, everything's all good. Wow. They're a little bit swollen, is what they say. As they say, like, you know, so after, which is basically, you know, after any big run, after any, if, you, if you're using them a lot, they end up a little bit swollen, you mm. know, uh, which is nothing wrong with that, as far mm. as I know. Um, but so apparently so far, I haven't, I haven't done any, any damage to, right. to this voice of mine. So I, I hope that it just means that I've somehow found a technique that is, um, allowing me to continue to do it and mm. and it's and i'm going to be able to sustain that you know you know for my whole life i hope you know wow so but, um, maybe that's what you know like barnsey has always sounded like he's put his voicing on the uh workbench just smashing it with a hammer never warmed down and he's and never had nodules never you know just uh you know incredible yeah, so maybe that's it you're just hearing somebody who's found a technique of getting that really cool distortion without Mm. Killing them, and it probably makes sense because, like, um, the actual sound when you're singing on your throat, which I reckon just recently I probably pulled out of this now, but I just started to do it like last year. I reckon I was singing on my throat. I started hurting my throat when mm. I was singing, and uh, it's not a good sound. It's a choked up kind of sound, and you don't have that. You just mm. have the distortion somehow. So. Yeah. Well, when I do lose it, though, I just lose all range. So it does happen. So once it kind of like, if I'm actually losing my voice, it's sort of, it's there's a point where it's a good sound, and then there's a point where it kind of, it's um yeah you're just losing losing notes. So it's, it's really disappointing when that happens, and it's sort of, um yeah that's the thing that you you know you don't want to have. And I think there's it's got to be bad to be losing your voice all the time. So I think as long as you're doing what you're doing and you're not losing your voice, so part of my kind of routine has been allowing me to play night after night. And at no point really losing your voice, you know. There's like yeah. maybe a little bit swollen, but you know, 
you, you know, I think that point, that's a pretty healthy kind of routine. But mm. when you're, if you're losing your voice and then recovering and then doing it again, I, th- I think that can't be it's good. It's got to be bad. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, any any vocal coaches or people that are like, <laughs> hearing what I'm saying and just go like, you got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> just like, call me, email me, you know, that'd be great. You know, just like, I would love to hear anyone's um, responses on that. But um, yeah, but I'm learning. I'm still learning about it, and um, yeah. So it's a it's a constant it's a constant battle. But it's a it's a fascinating it. world. Mm. Yeah, it's a fascinating world. Well, I'm loving it, and yeah, it's been good, man. I you know I want to thank you for yeah having a jam with me, and uh, <laughs> absolutely, it's been great. That Ash. thing on amazing. Yeah, it has been fun, and you know we were uh, the way this all started is we were um, the Teskey brothers were on my single. Ain't my problem anymore. And I came down with Josh and got him to be in the film clip. And then we ended up jamming. And then we put it on um, Instagram and um, and Facebook. And we done blow up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we blew up on social we media. Viral, well, we, know, that's yeah, it. Yeah, we yeah, went, yeah, viral. went viral. That's, that's what it is. We didn't viral. So check that out if you want to see a little bit of that. Um, we basically just did a whole bunch more of that, you know, just sort of hanging around here, you know, so we've just been, um, you know, playing some blues, you know, so it was, it was really Ash playing guitar and we're singing some blues and we're kind of, you know. Actually, I'm seeing on this counter, wait a minute, let me grab a, let me grab a guitar, just sing. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that, can't we? Absolutely. Yeah, I got some harmonicas here. Yeah, people, we'll try and finish out this hour. We'll get this on one podcast, I reckon. I think it's A. Here we go. Does that sound right? right? Yeah, that sounds good. Where's that slide? Hey, we should do that one, is it we do that one of yours? You know, yeah, that, okay. Is that a you know? Can we do that? Yeah, here's a here's a little song that I wrote last week. <laughs> We've been sitting here writing songs, and uh, we've been you know, writing and, songs. Um, yeah. This is one of them. Yeah, yeah. I was playing the riff. I'll take the first verse, eh, because I remember that one. (laughs) Oh, shit. I'm howling at your door. That's the riff. Low <laughs> mm. down door. Got me howling at your door. Yeah, yeah. When I peer through your window, 
You had me lying on the floor, yeah. Mm. Every time I try to talk to you, you know it end up in a fight. Every time I try to talk to you, you know it end up in a fight. Just cause it ain't easy Doesn't mean we shouldn't try Thank you, Ash. Thank you. Thanks for everything, and thanks for yeah being on Soulful Conversations. A lot of fun, man. Plenty more times. We'll do it. You. Wow, I'm just chucking this together um, up in my studio in northern New South Wales, and um, I was just listening to the podcast, and I totally forgot we did that jam at the end. <laughs> and um, geez, uh, he's just. Josh is just such an amazing singer, and it really was uh, a great experience that we had jamming together and really great recording an edition of Soulful Conversations together. What a lord. What a lord. Um, that was really cool. So I hope you really enjoyed that and some really original perspectives on life, and that's really what it's all about here at Soulful Conversations, you know, I really love the idea of grabbing these musos and uh, you can hear in these conversations that we have a shared history and, you know, we, you know, get along like a house on fire and it, it just enables me to have these chats 
that are just a little bit closer than a boring old interview. And that's just what I love so much about the um, podcast format. And um, you could really get your head around some original ways that some people think. And I think Josh is really an original. Um, he's a very positive, artistic, but earthy individual and i think there's a lot we can learn from him so thanks so much for being with us on this journey and don't forget to keep giving us heaps of feedback on socials and uh if you really like what you're hearing here and if you learn anything in particular in any of our episodes um, please take a screenshot and um, quote what you heard from these great people that I've been lucky enough to get on Soulful Conversations. And um, don't forget to use that promo code on Earth Bottles and my merch store if you're into that. Ash loves me. And uh, get 10% off. And um, otherwise, we'll just see you next time. Thank you so much. Oh, you sharp, baby You sharp as a knife I have one piece of your love But can you cut me off almost nice You're still running Running, running Yeah, you running Running, running You just keep running